0: the following podcast is a dear media production
1: this episode is brought to you by elemis and get excited because it's elemis times the skinny confidential that's right you guys my first ever co-brand with elemis which makes so much sense because you know how much i love skin and i know how much you love skin okay this is a bag that we designed together over the last year Every detail was designed by me. It's pastel pink. It's a little bit of lilac. It says skinny confidential on it. You can carry it out with your friends. You can use it for your skincare, your vitamins, whatever you want. And in it, comes three Elemis products. These are products that I have been using for the last four years, ones that I love. So we're doing a buttery rose cleansing balm. I talk about this all the time. This is what I use to remove my makeup. It doesn't pull down the skin. And then I have a collagen, rose mist. I use this every single morning, it wakes me up. And then lastly, I did a rose facial oil because you know I love oils and oils are life. They really, really do leave your skin radiant and dewy and plump, which we all love. You're also going to get these hair clips. Okay. These hair clips are going to go in your hair when you're washing off your cleansing balm. So they're going to protect your blowout. Okay. You're not going to get hair and gunk in your bomb. And then I have a mirror. It's a heart mirror. It says skinny confidential on it. It is cute. This fits in your kit so you can travel with it. You can take it out for happy hour, whatever you want to do. And then lastly we did stickers. These are stickers only for this collab. This is an extremely limited run. So when it's gone, it's gone. It's available at test sold online also at Elemis.com. Elemis is also giving you guys 20% off with code skinny20. It's not valid on my bag, but it's valid on their products. Definitely grab my kit, Skinny Confidential, first co-brand with Elemis and pick up a couple of their other products. I'm telling you, you guys, Elemis is one of my favorite skincare brands. I know you are going to love this co-brand. I could not be more excited. Code Skinny20 is valid now through December 31st, 2020. On that note, let's get into the show.
0: She's a lifestyle blogger extraordinaire. Fantastic. And he's a serial entrepreneur. A very smart cookie. And now Lauren Everts and Michael Bostic are bringing you along for the ride. Get ready for some major
1: realness. Welcome
0: to The Skinny Confidential. Him and her. Uh-huh.
2: I think people themselves are their greatest limited factor. And it's that mindset. And it's that Wanting to live, wanting to love yourself, and wanting to believe that you are here for a greater purpose.
0: Hello, everybody, bringing in that Tuesday energy. That clip was from our guest of the show today, Nick Vujicic. And on this episode, we have a plateful of inspiration for you. If you're feeling down and out, you're feeling like you're having a tough time, this is the episode for you. For those of you that are new to the show, my name is Michael Bostic. I am a serial entrepreneur and brand builder, most recently the co-founder and CEO of the Dear Media Podcast Network. And next to me, swiping on her phone, not yet super engaged with me, is my wife and co-host, Lauren what are you doing here?
1: Well, you didn't bring me coffee.
0: Come so on, it's get it an together. An we got to, we no. got to bring the you energy bring to the people. It. This is
1: what you do. You bring yourself coffee and you didn't even bring me a peak tea or a coffee.
0: Well, I, this was, this one's uh, from a lot earlier. It was before you were awake and it's soggy and old and done and you don't even want it. You don't, you don't want this nasty coffee.
1: Okay, so let's talk about who our guest of the show today is. Like really, let's dive deep because he was so inspirational. I'm so excited for this episode.
0: I love stories about people who have beaten all the odds and lived their life on their own terms and helped other people and inspired people. And that's what I got out of this episode. Nick is an incredible character. He's an Australian American that was born with Tetra Amelia syndrome. It's a rare disorder characterized by the absence of arms and legs. So yes you heard that right Nick was born without arms and legs. He tells the story on the show his parents, you know, they did an ultrasound in Australia. They looked the doctor actually didn't even identify that he was missing his arms and legs. And when he when he came out of his mother, is that the right way to say that Lauren when he came out um, they discovered it then. And so, you know, he's had to live his entire life without the use of limbs. And he's really, really inspirational what he's done. He's built a massive career. He's made a beautiful family. He's got four children. And it's just a really inspirational story and and, it, and I think it really provides a lot of perspective uh, on on the challenges some people face in this world and how to overcome them.
1: Another plus of this episode too is that he is a motivational speaker. So he's very, very good. At getting on a mic and sometimes, you know, we interview all different kinds of guests and you never know how comfortable someone is with a mic. And Nick just happens to be so eloquent and so smart, so thoughtful and so compelling.
0: With that, guys, without further ado, let's welcome Nick Vujicic to the show.
1: This episode is brought to you by Peak Tea. Recently, I found out my blood type and I realized that coffee was not doing well with my blood type. It was making my cortisol level spike. So I decided, okay, I'm going to do one cup a day, sometimes no cups, and replace it with matcha. And I could not be more excited to tell you about Peak Tea because this is the matcha, guys. This is the matcha you want to travel with. You want to stock your tea drawer with this. I'm telling you, their sun goddess matcha is so, so good. When I drink it, I feel like I meditated for an hour, but I'm also energized. You know how with coffee, when you get an adrenaline spike and it ups your cortisol, that is not how matcha is. I just... Feels so good and alive on it. And the thing that's so great about it is it's actually loaded with powerful antioxidants that support digestion and helps you feel full. I am telling you, we have had so many wellness experts come on this podcast and they all say the same thing drink matcha. I personally like to mix my peak tea matcha with a little bit of unsweetened almond milk and some cinnamon, and it is superb i'm telling you their tea specifically the sun goddess matcha that i love is actually known to help manage unnecessary hunger pains and support healthy weight management it's been triple quadruple toxin screened for pesticides heavy metals toxic molds and radioactive isotypes this is huge because there's so many teas that come in tea bags and all these chemicals just seep into your water. Even Michael's on the matcha train. I'm telling you guys, try it out. Peak Tea is offering site-wide discounts specifically for TSC listeners. You can go to peaktea.com and use code SKINNY at checkout. Grab the Sun Goddess Matcha and prepare to fall in love. Peak Tea rarely offers discounts on their teas, so you should check this out. Enjoy.
0: This is the Skinny Confidential, him and her.
1: So we got to come visit you in Dallas. Come. It sounds very, very interesting and intriguing, and it sounds like it's pulling me towards Dallas. So we'll definitely come see you. Come um, see me. Nick
0: Vujicic, that's how you do it. Did you Correct. did you say it right? I hope so. I th- did. No, I say you did perfect. I, yeah. Okay, perfect. I know. some You know, I, I I like to get the names exactly right when we do this. Yeah. I, you know, it's like it's just one of those things. No, I get it. And it's all good.
2: Yeah.
1: Four um, kids.
2: Four children, a seven and a five year old son. Okay. And they've started school straight up. Okay. On the gun, uh, a private charter hybrid homeschool, which is what we had out here anyway.
1: Explain what a private charter hybrid is.
2: So it's a it's a it's a classical Christian education where you can opt out of going there every day. So you do two or three days at school and two days at home. So they do that in in texas
0: i like that a lot oh, that's kind amazing. of what we're doing before we shut down that's what we were doing at this company it was like some days you can come in some days you can work yeah. from home and like yeah. i found that it was very very productive like the whole team was and loving it
2: we've been doing that for several years and in fact in fact before i met my wife she was actually helping her boss do the homeschool part for her kids
1: and how old are the two others
2: no oh, they have we have twin girls oh my god we have identical twin girls you're we're a busy nearly, guy dude We're done, though. Uh, And they're nearly three in December.
1: And how are they? They're
2: amazing. Like, how are they doing? Loving it. Uh, Loving the new pool that we have there. It was a bit like I was wondering if if Texas is going to have a second shutdown, then there's going to be an economic correction like out here in California. But Texas ain't doing that.
1: Texas sounds fun. Uh,
2: You actually breathe a lot easier. And I just want you to know, I'm an Aussie. You don't say (laughs) California is in my blood like I'm a dual citizen US Australia swore I would never leave California every time I left Dallas my wife never brought it up but I just told her babe for the record I will never move to Dallas I don't like the heat which we just fixed finished I don't like the mosquitoes which I can't kill because I have no hands and like I just those two things and the climate here is beautiful and da da da. But man, I have not missed California for a minute.
1: How bad are the mosquitoes?
0: Mosquitoes eat her alive.
2: Yeah. Like how me bad? Too. Well, it depends on the week. Depends on the rain. I'm loving the rain. We've had a whole annual fall of a Californian annual fall in like freaking six weeks.
1: What is your setup in Texas? Like do you have a garden? Do you have like like what's your what's your like day to day? Do you go outside? Like what's what's your deal?
2: We used to have that in California. This is not part of the interview, right?
0: This is a pre Oh this thing. is
1: no, we're just talking. Oh, wait, wait, you guys are bag. Oh we're,
0: my goodness, yeah, we just, no, we're jump just jump right shooting right in. The shit. I love it. <laughs> it's All almost right. like we're at happy hour with each other. Cool. That's like, literally how we do it.
2: Should I then add some more hand sanitizer? Here we go. <laughs> um, so we used to have a beautiful garden here in California. No, we don't have a, a mature garden over there yet, nor mature trees yet. But eventually, step by step, we've got to get the kids a playground first. Okay. Yeah.
1: But it sounds like it's a lot of nature.
2: It, it, we're in the farmland. Yeah, we've got an acre out there and there's farms. You actually don't feel like you're in a city. downtown anywhere. And we're 35 minutes from downtown
0: but it's probably it's also like probably a nice drive like 35 minutes driving in la is a pain in the ass because you're just stuck bumper to bumper looking at the back of somebody's car for whatever and all the buildings and trash everywhere so it's like you know i always say like 35 minutes driving out in the country is much different than 35 minutes driving in the city
2: no it is i mean you've got 10 minute country and then you get going to freeway and you're down downtown 20 25 minutes depends on there's some traffic but nothing like LA. Like it's beautiful for me to go through DFW airport compared to LAX. I mean, they wanted my fingerprints here and everything.
1: Oh
0: my god! I'm joking. <laughs> so let's <laughs> I now you let's
1: were let's. Serious <laughs> for a second, I was like, "What?"
0: <laughs> I was, was going to wait and see if that one went over your head. So let's let's. So sometimes good. things go over my no, head. I'm I not going to lie. It. Let's get into the interview portion. So for those that are unfamiliar with you, let's get a little background. Let's talk about. How you got here, how you left to Texas, and and what you're all about here. And we're gonna yeah, Give us get the background,
1: it. your childhood.
2: First of all, thanks to thanks to Ed Milette for 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 like making this the connection. Best. The, Milet, the best. Ed Milette,
1: I fucking love you.
2: Ed, I love you too.
1: Everyone has a crush on Everybody Ed. Everybody who listens to
0: the show loves
1: Ed. I love Ed Millet.
2: <sighs> so a background. I was born in nineteen eighty-two to Boris and Dushkovuich, who actually fled Yugoslavia in nineteen sixties. My grandfathers were both in prison for their faith. Talk about oppression and rules and regulations and different doctrinal values compared to the government. Anyway, my parents were poor, went through refugee camps, met in Australia, got married, and I was their firstborn son. They had no idea that I was going to be born this way. My mom actually was a nurse, and she delivered hundreds of babies as a midwife. So, she knew everything about medicine and birth and pregnancy and all that. So, she was extremely careful. No thalidomide, no wine, no caffeine, nothing. She was extra, extra careful. And she actually told my dad, something doesn't feel right. Anyway, they did three ultrasounds. And every time they did an ultrasound, they got so excited that they didn't check that I had arms and legs. So, when I was born, the doctors held me low enough. And the nurses started like, oh, my God. And they held me so low that my mom couldn't see me, but my dad did see my shoulder and he nearly fainted seeing my shoulder and no arm. They took me to the corner of the room and my mom's like, what's going on? She heard me cry. She knew I was alive. That's a good thing. And then they took me out of the room and they basically were told, sorry, we didn't pick up on the ultrasound that you had a child with no arms and no legs in your womb. Sorry, we never gave you an opportunity to kill him.
0: How does that happen though? How do they miss that?
2: I nineteen eighties. I don't know Australia. I don't know it. To they me, they said
1: it, they said we didn't give you, you an opportunity to to care. abort.
2: Yeah, to abort that because is you horrible. know horrible. But it's, okay, so it's, that's the quality of life, right? So little did they know what kind of quality of life I would have, which is why I'm quite a megaphone, gonna be very loud for pro life uh, next year. Moving on, and I'm I'm not doing the motivational circuit anymore. Going around the world anymore. There is some deep things that I believe in that now I feel like I'm a poster child for, to help people know that everyone has value and give everyone a chance. When you don't get a miracle, you can still be one. And yeah, I'm going to say I'm thanking God that they didn't see that just in case. They didn't know that I'd walk and I have a little foot. For those of you watching, on the bottom left of my torso, I've got a little... Foot with two toes, which now I can type 53 words a minute on a normal computer. Shut up. After two cups of coffee, yeah.
1: Holy shit, that's cool. It
2: is cool. It is cool. Little did they know that I'd walk around and swim and golf and fish and skydive and all these kinds of things. You know, it was hard going to school. First one, actually special needs child to go to the mainstream school of the Victorian education system in Australia. I was on TV, uh, young citizen of the year trailblazing, special needs integration into the education system. Bullying was hard.
1: Talk about that a little bit because bullying, online bullying, whatever it is, is so still happening every single day, all day long. So can you talk about, like, actually go in depth about it?
2: I mean, I, I would come home crying saying, Mom and Dad, why was I born this way? And they didn't know why. I mean, the doctors didn't know why. They didn't know why. Lady Gaga do not know why I was born this way. And did you remember that song? I just want to make some people laugh because we're about to go deep. But the, the bottom line here is is I felt like it's not like one day I woke up and I looked at myself in the mirror and said, huh? you know, what happened? You know, like I knew I had no arms, no legs, but no one thought or made it a big deal until I actually went to school. So I already had a brother and sister born after me with arms and legs, 24 first cousins around me as my community. Then I went to school and people were laughing at me. People whatever. Calling me names, not being, you know, (laughs) X out of a group, right? And then I'd actually find myself in the garden at school alone, pretending that I'm just looking for stuff, but I just don't want to see anyone, don't want to talk to anyone. I had a lot of complexes in my elementary school years where I had a teacher aide to take me to the restroom, but I didn't want a stranger to see me naked. And so, I actually would not go to toilet the whole day at school. So, I learned how much to drink during the whole day so then no one's no stranger would, so there were those things that I had to really overcome. Then I'm trapped talking to a teacher who don't even feel like being there while the kids are playing something that I can't play and then I'm realizing, wait a second, you're not here for fun. This is your job. Mom and dad have a job. I'm not going to get a job. I'm just a burden to everyone. I can't do everything and I'm going to be picked on for the rest of my life. Girlfriends, boyfriends, holding hands. I'm not going to get a girlfriend, I'm not going to. I'm thinking at age eight, I'm never going to get married. Even if I got married, I can't even hold my wife's hand. Even if I had kids, I can't even hold my kids when they're crying. What kind of a father is that going to be? What kind of a life do I really have? My mom and dad helped me to believe that there was a, a creator and having faith in God and believing that, that there's a greater plan for your life. I'm like, but what the heck? Where is he? And I didn't understand. And so I hated the idea of a loving God for many years. And I went to a climax of depression where I attempted suicide at age 10. I had thought of suicide for two years into that on the kitchen counter watching my mom cook and I loved it. It was therapeutic. It was safe. It was rhythmic for, for my own fear and anxiety of life. And then I'm trying to think like, okay, what if I just snap my neck here and just try to jump off and pretend that it was an accident. But I got to make sure that I actually kill myself and not just get paralyzed. I mean, there's one thing worse than having no arms, no legs, then I can't move. I still can move. So then I actually decided I'm going to tell dad, dad, I would just want to soak in my bathtub. And it was the first time I looked at the bathtub as my coffin. We filled it up with six inches of water and I turned over three times trying to choke on the water, trying to figure out how much air you're holding in your lungs before you let it out and then start choking on the water. It was scary. It was very scary. And on the third attempt of rolling over, I was stopped by one thought. And it was the visual in my mind, seeing my mom and my dad and my brother crying at my grave, wishing they could have done something more. And they did nothing but love me. My mum and dad, they were, they were strong. They were strong. I did. They, they disciplined me. They got that belt on my butt when I, you know, made some trouble and they found my fingerprints and stuff. But when I go to a store and I want something, they would never give it to us. They knew as refugees, as kids, you never give your kids everything you want, when you want it, how they want it, because they're never going to be thankful for anything. They never gave that to me. I vacuumed the floor for $2 a week. I bought my own stuff if I wanted toys, if I want to give money to an orphan which is what we were told to do one day, I was doing that as a kid so they didn't give me any slack but they did love me all the way through that. The first turning point out of depression was age 13 playing my favorite sport, soccer. A guy kicked the ball to me, I jumped up in the air thinking that was a cool thing. The ball hit my foot so bad I sprained my foot and I couldn't walk for three weeks. Staring at the ceiling, I'm thinking, as a 13-year-old, man, this sucks. I'm thankful for my little foot. And I'm not going to be angry for what I don't have from this day on. At age 15, had a spiritual, cool little ripening thing that was my bigger question as to why I was born this way. And that faith element came in. And my life then changed forever at school. I was 17. And I just got elected on the student government board. As a prefect in Australia, and what the, is
0: a prefect for the for the Americans that are listening?
2: It's like you're the leader of your, like you know you got the president, vice president, sure. the government body basically. Okay, the student body, the student body. Sorry, cool. so the prefect, and then I'm in I'm in the restroom, and I f- fly by <laughs> the janitor. His name's Arnold, sixty one year old Arnold. He looks at me and says, "You're a prefect." I said, "Yeah." He said, "Congratulations." I said, "Thank you." He said. I know what you're going to be." I said, what's that? He said, you're going to travel around the world and you are going to be a speaker. He said, let me arrange your first speech. I'm like, you are crazy, dude, like, no way. He said, yeah, why don't you talk to that little student body group that, you know, goes there every Friday and you just share your story. I said, I don't have a story and I walked away. Next day he said, speak. I said, no way. Like, this guy's nuts, he's not leaving me alone. Three months later, he twists my arm. I said, yes. And I'm finding myself in front of six students. My palms are sweating. My knees are shaking. I don't know what to say. And just start speaking from the heart. People are crying. And I'm like, wow. At 17, I'm thinking, I nearly ended my life because I felt like I had no hope. And here I am. with still no certainty of future if I'm going to get married, if I'm really going to blah, blah, blah. But people received hope. And then I started doing speeches and I went to, uh, I was in the stock market. I, I learned a lot about financial literacy because my mom and dad said, you need to be a millionaire. You need to be a millionaire just to survive. Hurry up. And so I read books. I went to a stock market, went to real estate and I did a double degree in accounting and financial planning. And my dad said, Nick, you should start a business and have your employees to be your hands and feet. Graduated 21. But as soon as i graduated i went into full-time speaking and in that time i was maturing and going around the world and thinking man there's two billion people even back then who only had a handful of f- food i'm like i just want to do my part and if i could be paid to help someone be inspired on some sort of level that seems like the best job in the world
1: Recently, we had a wellness expert on the podcast and on the blog, and they were telling us all about green mattresses. So I started doing some digging and found avocado green mattresses. They're better for your health and for the planet. So get this. It's a natural mattress that's more sustainable and responsible. It's an essential piece of a conscious lifestyle. I mean, I feel like we are spending one third of our lives in bed, sometimes more with quarantine. So it's important to know what's in your mattress. This specific mattress is made with GOTS Organic Certified Cotton and Wool and Goals Organic Certified Latex. So like I said, it's all sustainably sourced from farms they co-own in India. Michael and I are truly a fan of brands that disrupt the market. And this disrupts the market, let me tell you. I mean, they make eco luxury organic certified mattresses and their bedding is from their California factory. So it's a real win. The farm to bedroom approach is my vibe for 2021. Okay. I, I feel like we've been quarantined. We need a good mattress. Lastly, they're also climate neutral certified. And in 2020, they went carbon negative with their carbon footprint and they donate 1% of all their revenue to environmental nonprofits. Wow. Okay. Visit avocadomattress.com and you're going to use the code skinny 200 for $200 off Avocado's new all latex mattress and luxury organic crib mattresses. This is valid through November 30th, 2020. Again, that's avocadomattress.com and use code skinny200 for $200 off. Happy sleeping.
0: So who were, who were most of the people, like the kinds of people you were speaking to? Was it people that were just looking for inspiration or people that were looking for perspective? And like what types of organizations and how did, how did that all kind of start snowballing?
2: So between ages 19 and 23, a lot of it were, it was in the faith sector where I would talk about my faith and help people understand that you're not alone, that you can overcome all things. So that was that. But then it really pivoted pretty quickly to corporate market. Conferences, big companies, billionaires that said, I want you to come to my country, Brazil, several times because I have 60,000 employees and we can't put them all in our stadium. So now that's morphed into 74 countries. I've, wow. I've been to China 37 times, Singapore 14. I've met with 21 presidents and vice presidents, was able to actually address 10 national governments. I just talked to the wow. United Nations yesterday that's being showed next week.
0: Now, I feel even more honored that you flew all the way out here to talk to us, and me? talking no. to governors and, and presidents no. and shit.
2: It's my own honor, and you guys are quite influential. Thank you for, for bringing some, some help, especially in time, times of these and bringing me along and just allowing me to spread my message. That, that's awesome. So that's basically where I'm at. So I help governments bring in now social emotional learning curriculum that doesn't teach just right at school. We don't want to just teach them academics anymore. Everyone's understood now. We need to teach values. We need to teach self-awareness. We need to teach principles and help them not just say, or hear us say, don't do that because we said so. Actually give them the canvas to actually think for themselves and as a school, learn from each other, have empathy for one another, and understand our value as all human beings and proceed forward. So I'm now uh, a youth advisor to three governments around the world for anti-bullying and anti-suicide programs for teenagers all around the world.
0: I love that. I mean, before Lauren's grandmother passed, you know, when, whenever Lauren would get down, and Lauren, I don't wanna take your story, but she would always tell her like, get outside yourself, right? Like start think about other people, get outside yourself. And I think one thing we try to do on this show is to bring on all sorts of different people to you know, present all different walks of life and to say like, hey, like maybe you think your circumstance is tough, or maybe you think you don't have bubble, like look at all these other experiences. And there's a way to look at the world in, in a way that you have, and I think that we do, is, as an abundant place as opposed to just like this oppressive negative space. You know, I think if we can have more conversations like that, which is why it's so important for us to highlight positive people and positive conversations and get away from negative ones. Like I think it's a noble thing to do.
2: I do believe that a hundred percent. And I'm going to add a layer to that because what I believe that every single human being is made of is a soul, spirit, mind, and body. And one of the biggest things that helped me to find hope in my life was the instigation of purpose. If you can help someone who maybe can't help themselves, which is actually something that we've been doing as a family when we can, whether they can thank us or not, it's about you understanding that no matter where the climate of the world is, that you have your place in this world in trying to help someone, whether it's just a friend, you're a friend to someone, depression and suicide have doubled. No one has got the stats yet, but I'm telling you right now, I've got friends in 43 countries. I've got governments- This year
0: stats. or just in, in, a, in what span of time? This already year. in six months. Okay. Yep.
2: Already in six months. I have 43 friends in, sorry, I have friends in 43 countries and in government places, they've got data already that they don't want to share yet. Suicide has doubled. Depression has doubled. Addiction has doubled. Most of the abuse that was happening in homes were over summer months when everyone's home. What did COVID now do to that?
0: Listen, I get in a lot of trouble and flack and it's on my stories and I leave it up because I'm somebody, if I put something out there, I'm not sure. going to take it down it's out there I put it yeah. out. And, but like my whole thing is like, listen, obviously this is a serious situation that we're dealing with with COVID, but there's also a lot of other situations that I don't think people are paying attention to. Suicide, addiction, abuse, all of these things. And it's like, we, we want to believe as a, as a population that it's like all of these things are isolated to one thing, but everything has a ripple effect. And when you make one decision, many other things are impacted. And so I, I'm glad you're speaking on this because- it's not that we have to stop doing one thing. It's that we have to also be aware of what that one thing potentially causes.
2: Exactly, and whether that's from a, from some organization that makes a blanket rule about something, or, I mean, just one example. I can look you straight in the eye and tell you some massive, massive organizations in the billions have told me that child poverty has now already, in three months, gone backwards 10 to 20 years. We're, he's like, we're back in the 90s now like it's sad. And so what I mean in with all that is you yes, going away from the negative but finding how you can help rescue one of those 30 million sex slaves, right? And 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 doing what you can to really check in on your friend, not just text, call him. How are you doing? And actually overcome your fear of inadequacy, thinking that, oh, what am I going to say? How am I going to encourage them? They're going through the same thing. Put that aside and say, no, how are you? Because I'm a, I just want to say this before, before, this is really important for everyone to understand. What you see is what you get with me. I've got nothing up my sleeves. This motivational speaker that's gone around the world and spoken to 9.5 million people face to face, a billion people in China on TV, a billion people on TV outside of China. I was on the floor myself, March, April. I had a numb mind for four weeks, two weeks of panic attacks. My business for-profit, nonprofit's fine, for-profit business went to zero in January. I watched the world news. On the third week of January, I emailed my family, buy your masks now. It's going to be gold and stock up on food because I see things coming before the media comes here. And so even with that, everything went to zero. And I'm the one who talks about motivation and hope. And September may be the first month on my for profit that I've actually stopped losing money, and I still haven't paid myself.
0: Yeah, and I honestly think, and it's hard. You are pra- for anyone. That story, though, and this is what I want people to hear: is like you're maybe, and that's good. It's starting to see profit, but like, there's a lot of businesses that still are not in that position, and not, not even close, and maybe never coming back,
2: and maybe never coming back. And that is all difficult. I, my mom's sister lost an aunt to COVID three weeks ago, okay? She was fresh, she's nursing home and da da. But But the bottom line is this, 2020 has been really rough. Yeah. And even the, the least... strongest of us were on the floor. And so, I just want everyone to know, take one day at a time. You have hope. You have value. You're not valued on what plan you think you had, your success of whatever. You, you are irreplaceable. You are beautiful and you're loved and you're here for a reason for such a time as this to still make a difference in someone else's life. And with that instigation of purpose, say, okay, of the crap that's going on in the world, of the people that I know, how can I try to do something small? I mean, look what the janitor did for me.
1: I don't think you realize too how powerful it is that you're having these conversations about suicide and online bullying because my mom committed suicide when I was 18 and no one talked about it. Mm. And so I was and I was telling him this the other day, I'm 18, I'm sitting there and like, every, it was taboo. No one wanted to talk about what happened or anything. And so I was sitting there alone. So these conversations to me are so progressive and so important to have because there are so many people struggling with people that have lost people from suicide or they're struggling with themselves, Yes, I think that it needs to keep opening up and it shouldn't be so taboo.
2: I 100% agree. 100% agree. And I feel like the next generation, though, will look at me. Can you imagine this visual? I heard someone on a TEDx video. They, I didn't watch the video, but someone said, can you imagine in 25 years, your own kids looking at you and crying? How could you ever let that happen to all those 30 million slaves for so long? How could you not do everything you can that if we can't help Africa, can we teach Africa how to be financially sustainable and actually get that food out somehow through education and all this? Like, to me, it's like it's not a burdensome thing. It's like, how can I really do everything I can? Where I understand that the world will always have problems, but my place in this world, I want to make this world a better place. And what I think COVID has done is it made us have a deeper conversation with ourselves that we haven't had.
0: Yes, it has to, to a lot. For, yes, of course, it's had, and and we have to. There's a lot of people that are forced to look inward now because we've lost a lot of our external, you know, vices, right? We're just we're we're sitting at home, we're alone. Many of us are isolated. Luckily, you know, Lauren and I get to have these conversations with people like you, and we're at home together. But there's there's many of us that are at home, and they don't get to get into the workplace, and they don't get to be social, and they don't have a partner. And I empathize with those people because it's in a painful place. Lauren and I have been like, you know, Lauren for longer than me, but in a, let's say a public um, space for a long time. And and I've watched this space over the years. Like I've never, I've never engaged in, in the last five years in a space that's been more negative. Like, and I think it's because there's, it's not because people are negative people. It's because they're in a pained place. They're in pain. And I get that it comes with it. But like, if we can, then, if we can have conversations that say, Hey, like, let us help you lift you out of your pain and figure it, and, and show you a way out. Like that's ultimately what I want to be a part of.
1: let's talk about one of my personal favorite subjects my sheets brooklinen been using brooklinen sheets forever okay why i like them is i change them out depending on the season so right now we have these beautiful linen sheets they're white they're crisp they remind me of shutters santa monica they're just very um good vibes I think when we go into November, I'll probably switch them back to my cotton sheets. But regardless, Brooklinen really, really does have the internet's favorite sheets. I'm telling you. Just to give you a little background, Brooklinen was the first direct-to-consumer bedding company. They work directly with manufacturers and directly with customers. There's no middleman. It's all luxury products without the luxury markup, which is why we wanted to partner with them on the podcast. They have a variety of sheets, color patterns, and materials for all your lounging needs. Think linen, luxe, cashmere. They're cool. They're crisp. Most importantly, though, they're timeless. They're nothing crazy. They're just very classic, beautiful sheets. What we did was we got the bundle sheets and the bedding big, so you save bigger. This includes a duvet, a sheet set, and extra pillowcases. We need extra pillowcases. Michael and I like a lot of pillows. You should also know before you order that there's over 50,000 five-star reviews on these sheets. They are the shit, okay? Brooklyn and sheets are the perfect place to start making your mornings great. Brooklinen is so confident in their product that all their bedding comes with a lifetime warranty. Get 10% off your first order and free shipping when you use promo code SKINNY only at brooklinen.com. Brooklinen, everything you need to live your most comfortable life. And check out those linen sheets, I'm telling you.
2: It's awesome. So let's do that right now. I'm going to unpackage four or five steps. Here we go. So number one, right, when when you are just on the floor, And this is not just now, like we're talking about 48 year old women who are watching this right now or listening to us who are still disabled and handicapped by what their father told them when they were nine years old. I tell teenagers all the time, I believe it's worse being a broken home than having no arms, no legs. It's not about the face of adversity, it's about the actual how you deal with adversity. And so, believing that beautiful things can come from broken pieces still, that's hard to believe. But here are some steps to help you on that way. Number one is embrace what you feel. I think one of the, the the biggest struggles when we're in pain is just trying to oppress that yuck and then how to get unstuck of the yuck. But but when my parents saw me, same thing. They had to go through shock. They had to go through grief. They had to go through confusion. They had to go through all these things. And then, number one, so not oppressing and, and dealing with that. So if that means journaling, if that means talking to somebody, if that means you can't even pray for yourself spiritually, ask someone to back you up spiritually and pray for you. I believe all that's very important. But to deal with those emotions somehow, eventually, in that hand in hand, step number two is to give yourself time. Time. Time is your friend. But. There is a time where your spirit awakens and says, I am sick of being on this couch, eating potato chips and being addicted to this and this and pornography and all that. And I've lost my job and I don't even know where to begin now. How do I even begin to have confidence to even start drafting my resume for hopefully another job that I don't know even exists or not for me? How do you do that? You give yourself time and then you listen to Skinny Confidential and a guy without arms and legs tells you, get up off your butt, go get up, stop that, you know, potato chip addiction and pornographic addiction. You're better than that. Get up and and don't play the victim card. Great. We're all victims in this, but the people who understand how to make the world the best place we could be are those who don't play the victim card and say, "I'm going to do everything I can." So step number three. Can we
0: distinguish between that? We I agree we are all victims, but then the, there is playing the victim card. Can we talk about that a little bit? Because I think there's there's a distinction there to be made because it's not it's not saying that we're not all like that we're not all going through a really shitty year, but yeah. it's also saying like there's a choice you have there. Yeah,
2: and there's a time where you can cry. There's a time you can be depressed. There's a time where you blah 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 blah, blah. but you can't stay there because. Who couldn't play the victim card? The 13 children me and my wife sponsor in Africa and Mexico, talk about a victim card. The person down the street who was sexually abused by her whatever, play a victim card. But it's when you actually intentionally feed feed your spirit and your soul and your mind with inspiration. What are you feeding your mind that either makes you comfortable there, that you never will get out of that dark room, feed your mind with stuff like this that you can say, wow, that's an amazing story. Ed Milette, Lauren, Michael, people who are actually like, you all could have, you know, everyone's got something, but you actually realize it's not about what you dealt, it's how you deal with it. And where you realize that if you are sexually abused, it's not the end of your life. If your mom does commit suicide at 18, it's not the end of your life. If your business fails and your dreams change or go away, you're more valuable than a dream or success or this or that. You, 10 years, 20 years from now, can find someone else who is 18, whose mom just committed suicide, and you can say, my mom did too, but this is my husband. This is my child and this is our life. My name's Lauren and I want you to know I'm with you. You're not alone. Same thing like when I met someone with no arms and no legs and his parents, you know, found a lot of hope just meeting my parents. Can you imagine?
1: That was probably powerful. Wow. It
2: was was beat. Yeah. Like I could die after that moment and be absolutely happy after that. But little did I know that anyway. So that's that. So that's that's when the victim card, what are you feeding yourself? What are you allowing yourself to get fat on in your mind? Right? There's fat in the right. And that's unhealthy when it's overboard. Same thing with the mind.
1: And also I think too, I like to take inventory of what I'm feeding my mind. Like I actually like to dissect. Okay, like, is this content serving me? You know, and whether that's replacing a gossip podcast with something that is really educational or an audible book or something that's going to expand my mind, I think it's important to really examine what you're looking at. Like not scrolling through Instagram, no, I think like that I mean, there's
0: a t- I mean, I think you know there's a t- we there's a time and a place to feel those feelings, but then there's a time, like you said, to pull yourself out of those feelings and get back on the horse for you know, for lack of better analogy
2: and to give yourself a chance if you cannot get out of it that someone then comes in your life where you're actually open and listening and you're not in this little bubble that's watching the news and being terrified and handicapped with fear,
0: yes. I mean, in this and in, in the, in the content that we consume right now in the news, like, that's a whole other story. We could do a whole other tangent. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. I just, but I, but I 100% agree with you. I mean, like, and that's why I wanted to make the distinction because it's not like we never say people aren't victims, right? We say actually everybody's a victim to some degree of something, but it's like, what do you do with that after?
2: So imagine this. This is really cool. Actually, I've never thought of this before. But just here, at the end of your day, we almost do a subconscious, conscious, without knowing, kind of like an update of the day before sure. you go to bed. What it, what changed from yesterday? Nah, you still suck. You still, you're, you're still a failure. Yeah, you're nothing. Yeah, you failed, and you'll. Ne- Don't let that news go into you. No, oh something. Ha- oh, I I was I heard about blah 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 that was inspiring. I read a book. You know, I mean, entrepreneurs understand that. Like me, I've I've lost my money twice already. Last one was 2011. And those who really become successful understand that money comes and goes, sure. and and feelings and depression are real. So when you own it, you embrace it, you deal with it from a healthy level, then you give yourself a chance to go through that time and arc, but then give yourself a chance to get out of it. Yes.
1: You mentioned something, but you said th- your thoughts. Your thoughts are powerful. Even this morning, I woke up with a negative thought, and immediately I was like taking inventory of my thought. And I was like, uh uh-uh. uh, something I'm grateful for, replace yeah. it. Yeah. I think that sometimes we tell ourselves all these narratives and negativity, and we need to actually be almost stepping outside ourselves and looking at our thoughts and saying, How are our thoughts actually affecting our day to day?
2: Absolutely. And that's the reframing. You hold captive that thought, take that negative thing out, put in something positive. So, I actually grew up learning how to refrain. And so, when I wanted something on the shelf really, really badly, and my mom said, no, get it yourself, without her knowing if it was impossible or not, I then found the dignity and found the courage because of my desire to look at something as an obstacle, as an opportunity instead to know. Well, what else is possible? Because I don't know it's impossible until I know what's possible. Most of everything I've ever done without arms and legs is already been broken as a myth of impossible, right? It's impossible that I have an incredible wife that I have. And I don't have hands to hold her hand, but I realize, you know, I don't need to hold her hand, I can hold her heart. It's beautiful and amazing, miraculous that when my kids are crying, I can't put my arms around them, but I realize they can put their arms around me. It's miraculous to understand that there are many things that other able-bodied people can do, but man, there are some things that other able-bodied can do that could never do what I do. And taking that inventory and trying and reframing that, that this is not just all negative. This is an awakening. This is an obstacle that would maybe bring one of the greatest opportunities in your life, whether it's in business or family. Do you know how fam- how many families are breaking right now? I mean, you know, through the roof, right? Through the roof because we're facing the music. But at the same time, there are other families who are seeing this as an opportunity to give their marriage another chance. There are parents who are giving their friendship with their children another chance because they're home and they're with them and they realize, oh, my gosh, I didn't even know you. And some people make that decision to say, I want to try hard to have what we once had.
0: Lauren's been, you know, we just had our first child. And she's been a little postpartum this year. We've talked about it on the yeah. show a lot. And she was, you know, in a, in a in a, I don't want to say negative headspace, but she was, you know, she was struggling with postpartum. And I kept reinforcing her like, cause this year has been tough on everybody. It's been like, if you look yeah. at what's happening to businesses and what's happening with deaths and like all in the election, it's all crazy. But I keep reinforcing like this is the best year of my life. And people like maybe sometimes don't like to hear about it. My framework is this. I had my first child this year. I get to spend. All this time with her that I would never have got to spend because two weeks into this, she was born in January. I went right back to work. This the the lockdown forced me to be home with my wife and your with my child. We, had a do- we have dogs, like I've got to spend time with them. But like, I realized like, holy shit, I would have never had these first eight months with right. my daughter, first daughter, if this didn't happen. And so I just keep going through with the framework of yeah. that and it motivates me. And I think, you know, sometimes people don't like to hear that because like they say, oh, you're just this eternal optimist. It's like, no, it's not that. Because It's just that the other frame of reference would be me saying like, oh man, this is terrible. I hate being home with my kid. I'm bringing that energy to her. I don't like being home with my wife. Business is tough. Like, you know, revenue for this, like for everything we're doing. Right. Like, went into the shit like yeah, of course like, it happened to everybody yeah but i still think like this is and i keep saying this the best year of my life for so many other reasons even though the world's in a ton of pain i just i just don't i just don't want to acknowledge that it's negative all the time i want to acknowledge that it's also very positive
2: exactly so actually you've been reading my notes on my palm cards the third thing is about the attitude of gratitude and this year sucked so bad that for the very first time in my whole life not only was i thankful for what i had I actually, it was so hard that I had to say, Nick, do you remember this variable and that variable, which really could have gone even worse? So when it gets really tough, if you have to even bring in what did go bad, but really could have gone worse, way worse. I've actually had to do that. And then fourthly is doing everything you can. So I want to also give credit to Lewis Howes and Ed Milet because those were the, those were the two people that I happened to be on their podcast as my plane. I mean, going straight into the
0: ground. Those my, are two good people to be surrounded by during tough times. Amazing
2: people. Are you kidding me? And they inspired me. Like, yeah, Nick, just do a podcast. Just start from scratch. You know, just. And that's those were the two people that I could pick brains on and have wisdom, and they inspired me to like, get it done. I did it twenty-four weeks ago. Is it where I thought it could be? No. Do I even know exactly what I'm about? No. But I had to do everything I can to then know what is in my control and what is not in my control. Therein as a vicious, visionary entrepreneur, I can go to sleep knowing I've done everything that I can. Because in so much uncertainty, no one's going to tell me what's really going to go on more than I can actually do. So when you hustle and you do everything you can, and then you accept what results that is, and then accept what you can't change, now you're going to be on that path and back up on that
0: horse. How did you get to that place though? Because I think that's, I 100% agree, focusing on what's in your control and not thinking about what's not. Because if you've done everything you possibly can, like, there's, like the reason you can sleep well is because there's nothing else to do, right? Like that's right. it. But How did you get to that place, being able to accept, you know, your fate, what's in your control, what's not, and how much work did it take you to get there? Because I think a lot of people listen like, oh, easy to just say that. But like, what are the tactics to actually snap into that?
2: So for me, from a personal point, I couldn't do it without my faith in God, believing that up until now, age 37, that when I did not have strength, it was wonderful and and humbling to admit I need him. (laughs) And because I have that, I have unlimited understanding. On the fact that I know very little and I can do very little compared to who he is in my opinion and my belief so I'm not alone and then you go back to the most desirable things in your life that you still have I have my wife we have a bed we have a house we have children we have food on the table I'm so thankful for life where we were so distracted And even subconsciously already going to some, all success is not good because from a mental health point of view, you reframe again your self-awareness and self-value because of who you think the world thinks of you or what you think you've achieved or how much money you have in the bank. And when that's taken away or even a rhythm or this or that, when that's taken away, we realize how fragile we really are as human beings. And that's when people start looking inwardly with the spirit and soul, but really be thankful and hold on to, I'm going to take one day at a time. I know I don't feel yet what I want to feel. I don't feel strong. Dude, I'm looking you straight in the eye. My first good day of 2020 was six weeks ago. You have no idea.
0: And we're in September
2: and we're in September. Like I've had a really rough time, but I came alive because finally, Some things are slowly coming together and the holes in the boat are being plugged. And what I love about this is the greatest revolutions and birthing in the corporate world of multi-multi-billion dollar companies most of it always came from a massive crisis yep. or solving a problem.
1: There's this book by Ryan Holiday that I've been reading this entire year and I just keep g- opening a page. Have it's you called... ever connected
0: with him?
2: No, him. I haven't. No. You should.
1: He, I think you guys would get along. Yeah. He, is he in it's Dallas Austin. or Austin? He's in Austin. He's in Austin. Not far. Um. I think maybe we can all go have a drink. Are they close or no? That hours. sounds
2: great. Yeah. I'd love to have a scotch with you guys.
1: I would love to have a scotch with you. I don't sounds fucking great. drink scotch, but I would love to have a scotch with you I drink a lot of scotch, so I don't like <laughs> anyway. scotch. I'll I, I scotch. like tequila. There's this book that he wrote called The Obstacle is the Way. Oh. And it's so fucking relevant Good. for right now. Good. I mean, it's just, you open a page and it's everything you're saying. It's like awesome. you have to go through it.
2: Awesome.
1: There's, with crisis comes great opportunity.
2: Yep. I love that. You can, have... I, can I just say one other thing? Because yes. on a personal note, family was everything. If, if I'm, I'm not belittling the pain, I'm not belittling the suffering, I'm not belittling all the stuff going on in 2020. But from my personal point of view, one of the other things that I was thankful for that could have gone even worse was that COVID did not come, that I would have continued thinking one day I'm going to slow down to be at home full time
1: that was my next question which was you've spoken about your wife a lot
2: yeah i love oh my god you would you you want me as a guest no one even knows her story in full yet because tell her, her to
1: st- come on with you we'll do a him and her show done okay
2: we're back in november if you want i'm,
1: I'm sure well, we'll
0: come, and we can come out there, come out yeah, there?
2: Yeah, no, We,
1: we we'll come out, out there sick we're coming out there in october we we'll used do to do like and a travel road
0: show here We're really we like, yeah we did that's we're how like this whole out. thing got started headsets and going done. around the country done well,
1: can we have a scotch while we do an interview with you and your wife
0: i don't know if she drinks scotch
1: she can have tequila
2: and i have no problem why would we try and make sure that no video of me has alcohol there, but we can just pretend it's apple juice and no one here just understands that. Oh, you want some apple juice? We'll apple juice?
1: Yeah, we can just say it's apple it's juice. Put it in one of those little like apple juice containers. I love that we a little apple juice yeah, container Little apple you. juice. Feel... <laughs> Taylor has one back there. I don't know what Taylor's doing back there. Your wife seems like she's someone that you go to as a source of calmness from how you've talked about her. Can you just speak on your relationship and, and how that's helped you in 2020?
2: You're spot on. You're spot on. So I met her in 2010 in Texas first. It was love at first sight. Couldn't feel my legs. And we got married 2012 in 2011. Oh, that's fast. Yeah. So we, well, for us, we felt it was great. We dated for 12 months, six months engagement, but we met six months prior or three or four months before we started dating and get it done, man. That's what he says. But
1: get it done. Get it done. Yeah, guys, what are you guys waiting for? Get it
0: done. You think you're going
1: to get better? You took Listen, way I too long. I got it done. I'm
0: in. I'm in now. Okay. I, I might have taken it too long, but yeah, I'm Yeah, you now. took...
1: It, you were young, but I'll give you that. But I so, love
0: this. So, anyway, so... Was when, it
1: love at first sight for her too? You guys saw yes. each other and it was immediate. Well,
2: okay, so 48 hours before we met at the gig where we did fall in love, her and her sister came to the house that I was at my friend's house. And no, that first meeting was not love at first sight. But oh my gosh, when we did meet at that gig where we were all, you know, finally dressed up and I had my fine shoes on and everything, she came up, she looked at me, I looked at her, and I was done. But she actually had a boyfriend at the time, which was very interesting. And then when I asked later, Are you marrying him? She's like, No, I'm not marrying him. I'm like, then why are you with him? And she explained this very long story. Now, quick story straight up. That guy's happily married with kids, anyway, you can ask us all about that when you interview us. But let me just tell you why I bring up pre-marital experiences about her calmness and strength is when we dated 35 days into our dating, I lost all my money. And I had panic attacks for 30 days straight. I couldn't talk to anybody. And finally, I could talk to her I said, babe, I lost all my money. She's. Don't worry. I'll get a nursing job and support the both of us. Like, who is the, this woman? Is the woman I'm going to marry? And for me, it was really important that her family would accept me, because my previous relationship, her family didn't accept me. And
0: what um, they didn't accept you for what reasons?
2: I wasn't the ideal prince charming for that family. Okay.
1: Oh, that's And you know what that makes me want to do that throw up emoji? You know the emoji with like I throw know, up like coming every, out, yeah, projectile? I know, but, <laughs>
2: but I still love them all.
0: Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, uh,
2: <laughs> they might be watching. The bottom line is she has this strength. She's half Japanese, half Mexican. We call that Japsican. And she's five years younger than me, but she's lived already two lifetimes of pain and grief and struggle and all that. Incredible woman she inspires a lot of them. We have a book called Love Without Limits. You can buy it on Amazon. I've, I've authored five books, and one of them is Love Without Limits. And so our story is all there, buy an on Amazon, whatever. But she, when I went through this, she doesn't talk to me, because she knows I, I, I internalize things. She prays, she'll look at me, she'll hug me, she'll hold me if I'm crying, which she has done before. But I just know that she's just, she's with me. She stands by me no matter what, stands by me. And so even through this, pre-COVID, November 13th, there were some things that was happening in my mind and heart, my spirit about moving out of California. Never thought I'd move out of California ever in my life. And when she got evacuated in that last November fire, that was the last straw that broke the camel's back. I'm like, we're moving now, we're going. Sold the house during COVID, very thankful. And we were in the Dallas-Fort Worth area and because her family's there as well, she's now got her, you know, deeper, meaningful, if you will, childhood friendship with her sister and, and her mother's there and, and everything. So she is But see is how strong. that works
1: out. She was there for you and then it seems like you were there for her when she wanted to move.
2: And we feel amazingly surprised that I don't miss California for a minute. My nonprofit, sorry, my non-profit, our nonprofit ministry, Life Without Limbs, is still headquartered here. But as much as California was in my blood, I am nervous about the future of California that is a little bit more spiked than some other states that are not doing what some things are happening here are happening, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, California's a shit show. What
1: do you it's a think shit show. the trick to parenting is?
2: Oh, you have four. What's I love the trick? I love that. I Lauren. liked. I
1: really liked what you said about how you can't give them everything. I think that that's so important.
2: I think it is too. Yes. So our boy, he earns money and he buys what he wants. He just made up his own business plan for the next forty days and how his goal is. And because we're making a cubby house above his room in the attic, and he wants to chip in. You need to bring up your four children four different ways. You need to spend time with each child alone. Just like I spend time with my wife alone and you need to be friends with your children and your wife. And so one of the marital beautiful things that me and my wife do is we ask each other every 30 days, babe, what am I doing well that you want me to keep on doing? What am I doing that you want me to stop doing?
1: Oh, my God. I'm doing this with Michael. We're starting today. Talking
0: to the mic if you're going to do it. That's what I want you to do.
2: And then what am I not doing that you want me to start doing? Like biggest companies in the world, they can only change three things a year. What if you could ask your spouse every 30 days those questions? Because if you really care, if you really care, it's either your pride or ego that's getting in the way. And it's a great way to break down your pride and ego when you, when you hear your spouse say, yeah, you really suck at that. Like you you just, you don't even have a clue. Every time you do that, it pisses me off so bad. And you're like, oh, I had no idea.
1: I'm going to give just one little one. Just, just little ones. Here. That are like little. Like- Why do you have to slam the door when you, when you get your boxers out of it? <laughs>
0: I want to know. I want to. I want to go into the world with that energy. Every know. time
1: you slam the drawer in the morning to get your boxers out, I'm like, oh.
0: Let me ask you this, Lauren. <laughs> <laughs> okay, would you like me to interview guys? Yes. <laughs> I'll interview you guys. Lauren, let me ask you this one. I love I it. I don't know if you go through this. Why do you need to get a spray tan like a like a paint booth and then get into the sheets and have the sheets look like a a murder scene?
1: Uh, I, I'm trying to look good for you.
0: See, there's a little thing we we could you want to go through a therapy session here. I love. I'm ready. <laughs> Listen, we I'm ready. We 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 we, we no, seem we'll to find come to Texas. We re- can
1: do that then with your wife. You guys can give us a therapy. And, and you know, I still want
0: to get to your fifth thing. Oh yeah.
2: Of the of the, the ways to get out. Yes. Absolutely.
0: I don't want to catch you up on here. We can always get to it, but I do. I am interested in number five. No,
2: I love that you actually I'm brought gonna it be O C
0: D about the list and be like I need to I, I can't we can't leave it unfinished.
2: I can't wait to see you guys in Texas and just chill. It's gonna be fun. Look, I'm gonna say for the audience here, number five I think is is really, really important. I'll morph it the way that I think is perfect for this audience, is take one day at a time and don't be an enemy to yourself. I think people themselves are their greatest limited factor. And it's that mindset and it's that wanting to live, wanting to love yourself and wanting to believe that you are here for a greater purpose. And one of the ways that I did that as a teenager, when I was going through hell in school, I put a photo of an orphan on my mirror that every time I look myself in the mirror to see how good looking I am and if I grew an inch taller or not, that smile of that orphan held me through. And it, it was more meaningful to tell myself religiously, I am one day closer to helping that one kid. didn't know who that kid was, but I knew that if I could just get through my life and just help one other person not feel what I'm feeling and I can help one other person not commit suicide. I don't care who they are. I don't care what race, religion, sexual orientation, we all have value. We may not all agree on many things but what we do understand is that every single person is valuable and to give yourself a chance is the biggest decision you'll ever make in your life. Because people can believe in you, but you need to believe that there are broken pieces that can still be mended together in a beautiful way.
1: What are some micro things that you do in your marriage that you think make a big difference overall?
2: I actually feel what's beautiful is that she has time with her friends without me and I have time with my friend or friends without her.
0: I think that's really important it is
2: really important it's actually more important than most visionary entrepreneurs believe because we get used to being alone at the top and going 400 miles an hour many people don't translate that and understand that but it's not about what you do entrepreneur same thing with my wife there are things that her friends will understand and she'll be able to feel comfortable to tell them that's that's going to encourage her or them so I think having friendships outside of that marriage. It's number one. No, like real, like freaking, you know, same sex, you know, friendships. Not, you know, I do not have my wife talk to another guy, right? <laughs> Just make that clear.
0: Yeah, don't begin any ideas, Lauren. Don't,
2: don't do that, Lauren. Don't do that, Lauren. Now, am I that husband? I'm not that husband, but you know what I mean. Number two is we go out on dates once a week without the kids, religiously. And sometimes it's two hours and sometimes it's six, sometimes it's for the whole day. Sometimes it's a two, three day trip without the kids. Uh, It's time together. It's not interacting in the day. It's setting time together. And so I think the third one is, is really asking her, how are you feeling? And having those religious things. Like one of the things I do well that I keep on doing is she just got flowers today saying, i'm coming home coming home soon babe or you're looking beautiful just some just to make a smile i text her every day i love you you're beautiful um she texts me so thankful to god for you you know and that just makes everything okay even when it's not okay we know we're in it together no matter what
1: and how long have you guys been married for now eight eight years and are you done for kids or you want more?
2: Biologically, we're done. We made sure the factory's closed.
1: The factory's closed. You
2: got the snip? I didn't. She did. Yeah. She
1: How didn't. does she get a snip?
2: Well, she had a C section with the twins. I'm saying, babe, you're, you know, you're under the knife anyway.
1: Oh my God. Manipulation. <laughs> no. oh, it is not manipulation. Wait, it what do they logical. do? I didn't know that the girl can get the snip. What do they do?
2: They rip out the ovaries.
1: Oh, come on.
2: And I got the doctor. After
1: four kids. Yes. But I mean think I mean that's no. it's right there. Not doing it. Lauren I will do it i ju- I'm saying this on this podcast, I will not do that just. She was
0: having a C section. You no, understand that? Nope. She's got a weird perversion of wanting to me to get snipped at I some point. I want him. I,
1: I want to watch it. Uh,
2: I will never get snipped.
0: No, I don't yeah. It's
1: freaking. Snippy snipped.
2: And I'm thankful we had C section for her. I that squeezed I had a baby a out of
1: my vagina. You can get your balls snipped. No, but <laughs>
0: Oh, we'll tackle one thing at a time. I, I mean, we're not going to tackle one thing listen, at a time. Listen, God willing, we'll still, we still have a few more kids in it. Sure. It's the first it's one. Great. But yeah, I mean, that that's something that also keeps me up at night, that snip that scares <laughs> we the were, shit out of me. We were so
2: fertile, just, you know, not much more information than that. But it didn't, you know, by God's grace, we were able to conceive pretty easily. I got the doctor to hold up the ovaries across the room to show me. Not the ovaries, but the tubes, you know, whatever. Like, good, four inches. You know, not just snipping, not just... Sh- We do, though. We do want to foster and adopt one day, for sure. We want to go heavier. Like, one of those things, like, going back to the beginning of this conversation, like, how else other people are suffering. Oh, my gosh. The foster care system needs help. Yeah. Yeah. You know?
1: We've never had anyone speak on that on the podcast. I would love to know more about that.
2: Okay, you need to then interview a woman called Lindsay Impact, uh, uh, Lindsay Hadley from Hadley Impact. Would love I, to. Oh my god! You, you know, you know her. Yeah, no, I was, I was, I was with her in Salt Lake City like 36 hours ago. We'd love to. We had breakfast. Her. She has this meta campaign going that that is is worldwide to help oh my God, if she, if she just knew that right now, she would be-
0: Lindsay, open invite on the show. Balling
2: her eyes out, like balling her eyes. I'm like so emotional right now. Oh my gosh, I got goosebumps all over 100%, me.
0: 100% we'll do it if we, if we get the introduction. So
2: we met on a panel, of course, in Europe. and I And I said, they asked me, what are you passionate about? And I wasn't supposed to be talking about God or Christianity and I didn't. But I did mention that it hurts me that we have 100,000 churches in America that represent 480 billion dollars for buildings in churches, okay, that are now empty. I've been saying this though for years before COVID, and we have 425,000 children waiting on a waiting list to get somewhere, to be in a foster home, and 111,000 children waiting for adoption. And so, she's got this amazing meta campaign called Orphan Myth. Orphan Myth. Orphan Myth. Yeah, it's coming out in November 2020. And I'm an ambassador just to help get the word out. And they're trying to fundraise just for the last seed money. Bro, she is a mover, shaker. She was the one in 2011 that helped match the 118- And
0: she's still doing fundraising? Well, listen, all you rich motherfuckers that listen to this show, awesome. look at, listen, go awesome. in and look at this organization. Hadley it's a good Impact. thing to do. Yeah, it's go a go good to thing to do.
2: Impact.com. She helped match Bill Gates' $118 million fundraise concert in Australia for polio.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna. Like, she is. Have a her on, we're gonna mover have her on a shaker. She would. You would love her. Yeah.
2: Great. Done. No, that's I can't wait. I you know, so like there's something we, we talk about, about
0: all the time on this show. Like if they, if like this show can potentially have someone like her on and open people's eyes, and also and taking it a step further, potentially have people help her with that organization. Like I'm in 100. And I
2: mean. it's not that hard. Like if a hundred, I'm not asking a hundred families to to consider fostering and adopting. The people already got one or two foster or adopted kids. Let's help them and resource them and surround them with a hundred families that help tuition for their kids, that help with free babysitting for their marriage that they can go out on a date and go from one or two foster kids to five or six. And so my greatest, one of the greatest inspirations was my previous employee for five years. He was my caregiver, Peter, him and his wife. I've had 27 foster kids wow. here in Southern California in a span of, I don't know, seven years. And their first experience was three sisters who eventually they came in. There was their first foster children. And eventually they said, hey, let's take a photo together. And the four-year-old said, okay. Four-year-old goes to the bathroom, gets naked down to her underpants, comes back up and says, I'm ready for my photo.
0: Oh, what the fuck? Why? It's why? because she was in the what porn, do you, what do you, in the porn. What
1: do you mean? That's probably she's been trained when yeah. someone says, let's take yeah, a photo. photo. Someone trained her to take her clothes off. Oh, that
0: makes me so fucking angry.
1: This is this it's is so, a serious, no serious problem. If you want to unpackage
0: that, that's a
2: whole lot. I'll tell you, I'll even pay you to have me back on to talk about foster care here in America. But no, Lindsay, we'll Lindsay is the one. That she would tell you what's going on, but but maybe but here's the part. Here's the point. Now,
0: this thing deserves a whole dedicated episode.
1: Like yeah, a full
2: good on you, bro. Good on you. I'm proud of you to even think of that
0: because there's not enough people talking about it yet.
1: Well, it seems like there's a lot of powerful people trying to silence this subject.
0: Yeah, but it is a whole different podcast. Meaning, like we'll, we'll do it.
1: You were-
2: and to come from again, come from a point of view. You see the negative see where your positiveness then comes in against the negative. Yep. And and not on like oh yeah, I agree or this or that blah blah blah. Do something for someone who can't even help themselves today.
1: But it's it goes back to what we were saying earlier about suicide. If you no one talks about it, then it's just like this underground subject that's taboo that makes people feel alone. It sounds like it's the same thing right now as happening with sex trafficking. Yep. And it sounds like in the foster, I didn't know anything about this until you just brought that up. Makes total sense. Yep. It sounds oh, like
2: if you knew the percentage of how many people the government makes money in prison because of the people who are in prison and then the percentage of those people who are in prison for something they have wrong, is a massive majority who are actually raised and graduated out of the foster care system. If you just look, that's why it's 40 grand. To pay the government out
0: to adopt a kid.
1: How how does the foster care which like- doesn't
0: seem right at all that if you want to do something like that and help a child that you have to pay forty thousand to be able to do that that's fucked up. You should be
2: giving them forty grand. Thank you so yeah. much for helping yeah, the them out. The government should
0: be incentivizing people to help other people and turn them into citizens that could potentially be productive <laughs> later.
2: We got a lot to talk about. What, anyway, sorry what, are, I no, you. what
1: are the tangible steps that we can take in the foster care system to make it better like where do you even start to unpack everything that's wrong
2: let me just say one thing that's really important that you said that's really important that might save a life here's a practical way of understanding how to put this in action when lauren says you're not alone tell someone that you're thinking of committing suicide and not just a friend or call a Suicide hotline right now, but talk to a friend and say, hey, I've been thinking or I've been slitting my wrist or these are the drugs that I was going to swallow tonight. But Nick Vujicic, Lauren and Michael, they said, instead of that, there might be hope for me. Can you help be my friend through this? That's when someone knows that they got to do something different for then you to feel that you're not alone. No one's going to know if you're alone until you tell them you're alone.
1: So you need to, the, the kids need to start talking about it.
0: Talk. And people in pain do
1: well, And not only, I also think not only the kids, the kids who are adults now that have been in the system and experienced it, they have to start telling their stories and talking about it.
2: Right, exactly.
1: And this, if you look at, I'm I'm very into addiction memoirs. I'm very interested in them. And I think that addiction has been like, it's not taboo anymore. People talk about it now. And now more people are getting help. There's more people in AA. Before it was like the secret society that you couldn't tell anyone. The more people talk about something, the more the stigma goes away.
2: But we just got to make sure that someone's going to teach them the right principles and values and attitudes, which is why we're very excited about the social emotional learning curriculum that AIA, Attitude is Altitude, has actually made for school systems. So right now we're brokering school systems around the world and some school districts in America, 90 schools in America already have Nick Vujicic videos, curriculum, self-awareness, all these principles and values to help walk through somebody in believing that they're valuable. And they- You're Fucking
1: genius. I'm genius.
2: so thankful. I'm so thankful. So you got to have like a holistic point of view. Fostering the other question, really look up hadleyimpact.com Ask them about more orphan myth they all they've actually raised 750 of a million they all all they need is now 250 i'm an ambassador of them and i i told them i don't want to get paid i just want to yeah, help yeah. when Taylor, the tide... can
1: we include the link in in our yeah, we'll include show notes and, and like
0: i said i mean if you want to set that we'll do it when the tide rises when
2: the tide rises all boats rise okay And that's the impact that she's doing. Because I have a lot of Christian friends and influential, she's asked me, Nick, can you help us encourage the church to do what the Bible says? I'm like, absolutely, that's what I'm supposed to do 100% and then talk about pro-life in 2021. Well,
0: listen, man, I'm really glad we got to do this. I'm so thankful you came on. This cool. And we'll do it again. I mean, like what we try to do with this audience is introduce people to, you know, inspiring characters like yourself and people that have a message and then, you know, really get a a frame of reference, but then keep keep the conversation going. I mean, that's why I love this medium. And this is for
2: everyone. This is not just if you're Christian or not. This is like everyone. So she just asked me, hey, can you, because you have some friends some influential networks. Can you help us with this part? I'm like, absolutely. Yeah, if this,
0: if this can be a helpful mouthpiece, like, like, like you I said, awesome.
2: Let me know how I can help you guys because you guys are so nice.
1: I would love to share on my stories what you're talking about when this comes out. I'm going to get your number. And then if we go, we are going to Texas, I think we'd love to interview you and your wife again. You, I mean, I feel like there's, there are so many facets that we like just generally went over that I would have loved to like dive into of this conversation awesome if can you leave our audience with a book or resource that you would recommend
2: for where whoever you're at right now with 2020 out of the five books that i would recommend you to purchase is called life without limits life without limits and i published it in 2010 i'm now just about to write another book on attitude and all that doesn't matter about that but the bottom line is if you want also weekly information from me Go to youtube.com slash Nick Vujicic. It's where the videos of uh, my podcast, Nick Vujicic Podcast, which is also on all the other platforms in audio.
0: What's the podcast called? Just so we can link it out.
2: Nick Vujicic Podcast. Okay, cool. Yeah, the Nick Vujicic Podcast. So yeah, we're uh, we're so thankful for where we're at and not because of the quantity or the numbers. It's about finding the new reset. I mean, can you imagine where I'm at 37 years old? I'm actually at one of the best times of my life now. But six weeks ago, remember, even this guy needed some time.
1: That is impactful right now because you feel like your life is over one day and then five days later, two weeks later, six weeks later, you can see the light. Time is on your side. What's your Instagram handle and what can they expect from your content there?
2: Nick Vujicic, N-I-C-K-V-U-J-I-C-I-C. I've got 9 million Facebook fans. I've got 1.6 million Instagram fans. I did one video and whatever. TikTok got 2 million just because I wanted to make people laugh. But I'll tell you this. I'm trying to still figure out how I use those things. <laughs> so are we. <laughs> Especially 2020. Yeah. So what can you expect? I'm not really posting up my children anymore at all. That's for sure. There's a lot there. And then I'm going to try and just motivate people, inspire people. So Monday is Motivational Monday on my podcast, which will then be put on YouTube and and, and Instagram and Facebook Wednesday. I have a leadership executive leadership podcast every Wednesday called Leadership Now and Fridays are going to be Financial Fridays. And this is like three months from now. And then Sunday is going to be Spiritual Sunday. So whether you need motivation or you need leadership. Or you want to grow in your financial literacy and investments, which is what I love to help empower people as well to help themselves. And then spiritual Sunday, if anyone wants to know more about my spiritual life, there'll be some posts that I'll be doing that that help people because I think it's holistic.
1: This it, was one of my favorite episodes. Oh my
2: gosh, it was! I love
0: you. It was. It awesome.
1: was. It. There was so much to unpack. I here. just think
0: so many. There's so many takeaways that I hope this audience. Um, will take from this episode and I think like you know what you're doing is, is incredible you're helping a lot of people and like we're just happy to be part of it i jump on a plane any day you tell me to come out of you.
1: No we're coming to Texas next All right, I love you. It's so nice to meet you we nice love you the you. audience I'm sure is going to love this episode and you're coming back
2: Awesome I look forward to our apple juice Thank you <laughs> <laughs>
1: One lucky giveaway winner will win some rose Elemis oil. We will send one of you, one of my favorite oils on the planet. All you have to do is let us know who you wanna hear on the Skinny Confidential podcast next. You can tag them on my latest Instagram at the Skinny Confidential. Thank you guys so much for supporting the co-brand Elemis times the Skinny Confidential. Check it out, elemis.com and on Ulta. And we will see you on Tuesday. This episode is brought to you by Elemis and get excited because it's Elemis times the Skinny Confidential. That's right, you guys, my first ever co-brand with Elemis, which makes so much sense because you know how much I love skin and I know how much you love skin. Okay, this is a bag that we designed together over the last year. Every detail was designed by me. It's pastel pink. It's a little bit of lilac. It says skinny confidential on it. You can carry it out with your friends. You can use it for your skincare, your vitamins, whatever you want. And in it, comes three Elemis products. These are products that I have been using for the last four years, ones that I love. So we're doing a buttery rose cleansing balm. I talk about this all the time. This is what I use to remove my makeup. It doesn't pull down the skin. And then I have a collagen, a rose mist. I use this every single morning, it wakes me up. And then lastly, I did a rose facial oil because you know I love oils and oils are life. They really, really do leave your skin radiant and dewy and plump, which we all love. You're also going to get these hair clips, okay? These hair clips are going to go in your hair when you're washing off your cleansing balm. So they're going to protect your blowout, okay? You're not going to get hair and gunk in your balm. And then I have a mirror. It's a heart mirror. It says Skinny Confidential on it. It is cute. This fits in your kit so you can travel with it. You can take it out for happy hour, whatever you want to do. And then lastly, we did stickers. These are stickers only for this collab. This is an extremely limited run. So when it's gone, it's gone. It's available at only test sold online also at Elemis.com. Elemis is also giving you guys 20% off with code Skinny20. It's not valid on my bag, but it's valid on their products. Definitely grab my kit, Skinny Confidential, first co-brand with Elemis and pick up a couple of their other products. I'm telling you you guys, Elemis is one of my favorite skincare brands. I know you are going to love this co-brand. I could not be more excited. Code Skinny20 is valid now through December 31st, 2020.